we're glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Jesus said in him, I'm telling you now, you'll be with me in paradise. But Jesus spent some time in hell before he went to paradise. Then he went over there and preached to those Old Testament people and led them out of that place. He led captivity captive. And I want you to know some of them were seen walking in the streets of Jerusalem after Jesus arose from the dead. And you see, there was the Pharisees and Sadducees, you know, they argued about the resurrection. One of them said there was no resurrection and there was no angels. That's the reason they were sad, you see. And uh, then uh, that doctrine was kind of hard to perpetrate after Uncle Jack walked down the street, been dead 49 years. And it was about the sixth hour. There was darkness upon all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, the veil of the temple was rent in the midst now notice here, it says it before Jesus died. But if you'll notice, Mark records it after Jesus died. So according to the Old Testament type, it had to come after Jesus died. See, you'll find some things related a little different in some of the Gospels. But if you'll notice, Mark is a stickler for detail. He mentions things that some others don't say. Now, when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said... Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. What's he doing? Now hold that in your thinking. Remember what it says here? The priest that offered the sacrifice, after the sin offering is made, he lays both of his hands upon the head of the scapegoat and confesses all the sins of Israel. Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Now put sin on me. Hmm? Are you out there or did you go home? There it is in the Old Testament. There it is in the New Testament. Now this is why I never could get the other to fit just right and it kept scratching inside my spirit when I said Jesus died spiritually first. Because here again, you see, when he cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I assumed that that meant that he had become sin, but it hadn't. He hadn't because the Old Testament proves he hadn't. That sacrifice had to remain holy until every breath left his body and he died physically. Then, this is a spiritual thing, getting rid of the sin. Sin is a spiritual thing. And it was placed upon the spirit of Jesus. And when he did, he became a spiritual dead man. Now, I know that's hard for your religious mind to receive, but just stay with us. Don't run off until we get the conclusion of this. Into thy hands I commit my spirit. Father, so here in this place, God is still his father, isn't he? He's still his father. We'll read in a little bit in the New Testament where he said, Again I will be to him a father. God had to be a father to Jesus again. Because he died spiritually, Jesus had to be raised from the dead spiritually as well as physically. There had to be the total death. It had to be an eternal value. 
And he gave his eternal spirit to God. And God confessed all of the sins of Israel upon him. And he became contaminated with the sins of the world. And then he was ushered into the region of the damned where the wicked dead go, where the rich man in the 16th chapter of Luke ended up with a fire. And he suffered hell for you and me that we wouldn't have to. That's good news. The church has never seen what Jesus did for them. But we're going to see it in these last days. And when they do, they're going to rise like a sleeping giant. Whoo, glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, now watch this. Into thy hands I commit my spirit. Verse 22 of Leviticus 16. The goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities. Now, see, no Bible scholar will deny that the scapegoat is Jesus. They just deny that it's Jesus dying spiritually. Well, now, Jesus already dead here. Can you see that? The sin offering is made. His physical life is expired. You had to have two goats to be Jesus. Now, no, no Bible scholar will deny that the scapegoat is Jesus. They deny that it's his spirit. They say it's his physical body. You can plainly see in this Old Testament type, his physical body's already dead. He is already dead. Now, see, when we talk about spirit dying physically, spirits never cease to exist. You understand that? That's the key to understanding this. Spirits never cease to exist. Adam was dead spiritually, but he still had a spirit man. But he had lost his power charge. He was separated from God. Jesus was separated from his father. And Aaron shall come into the tabernacle of the congregation and shall put off the linen garment which he put on when he went into the holy place and shall leave them there and he shall wash his flesh with water in the holy place and put on his garments and shall come forth and offer his burnt offering and the burnt offering of the people and make an atonement for himself and for the people. And the fat of the sin offering shall be burnt upon the altar. Now, let me say this. There's people that say that it's blasphemy, that we're in error, that we're... I can't even think of all the adjectives they use to fight this message. The devil does not like this message because it gives you insight into what Jesus did for you. It gives the church insight into it. And it shows you how Jesus suffered your sickness, suffered your disease, to bring healing to you and to take your sins away from you as far as the east is from the west. Satan has no right to come at you for your sins that you committed back there before you were born again. And if you're born again, he has no right to come against you against your sins if you confess your sins and receive forgiveness for your sins. Jesus bore the full penalty for it. But there are people that say that it's blasphemy. But now listen to this. He that let go the goat for the scapegoat shall wash his clothes, bathe his flesh with water, and afterwards come into the camp. Now the man that just led the goat out there to turn him loose in the wilderness to a place not fit for human habitation is considered so contaminated he has to wash his flesh, bathe, and change clothes before he's allowed back in the tabernacle. But there's people that'll tell you that Jesus remained holy through it all. Does the Old Testament type say that he did? No. He became so contaminated 
his spirit became so contaminated with our sins that after he died, the Old Testament type says any man that touched him had to bathe and change his clothes before he's allowed back in the temple. Now watch this. And the bullock for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering whose blood was brought in to make an atonement for the holy place shall be carried forth without the camp and they shall burn it in the fire their skins, their flesh, and their dung. This was burnt without the camp. Now there's your Old Testament type of Jesus suffering without the camp. He that burneth them shall wash his clothes, bathe his flesh in water, and afterwards he shall come into the camp. Didn't sound like it remained holy, did it? Hmm? It was holy until it died physically. Then Jesus became so contaminated with our sins and with our iniquities until the Old Testament type said they had to be washed. And brother, you must be born again. Go with me to Hebrews 13th chapter. Verse 10. We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat which served the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. That goat, scapegoat is Jesus. He's the serpent on the pole. He's the snake on the ground. He became sin after he died physically. Now somebody said, well, that's impossible. No, it's not. I've just read it to you in the text. He was alive spiritually after he died. Then God confessed all the sins of Israel upon him. Now, go with me. Well, let me give you these scriptures. I don't have time to go to all these scriptures. Psalms 2-7 says, This day have I begotten thee. In fact, I think we ought to look at that. I want you to see that in your Bible. Psalms 2, verse 7. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. All right, when did he say that? Go to Hebrews chapter 1. Let's see it again in the scriptures. And let's put it in context here. Verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things, notice, all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than angels, as he by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. The context of that is that after Jesus had made the sin offering and made the atonement, God had to be a father to him again. Again, I'll be to him a father, and he shall be my son. This day have I begotten thee. When? The day that he raised Jesus from the dead. He said, I have begotten thee. Now somebody said, well, I just don't believe that that's when he said that. You're just taking scriptures out of context. Well, let's see if we are. God bless you. I do appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Our offer this week is 7033. It's a CD offer. It's four CDs. 
for $29 plus $5 postage and handling, total of $34. This is a six-week series that we've done right here on radio. Actually, the series itself was done in a live seminar. I'm making these available to you. It's called Authority in Three Worlds. This is an eyebrow-raising series, I'm telling you, when you get the whole thing together. Some of you probably missed part of it, so it's available to you. Authority in Three Worlds. In Philippians, the second chapter, it says, Wherefore God has highly exalted him, talking about Jesus, given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, things in heaven, things in the earth, and things under the earth. Now, the things is added by the translators. It should be beings, I believe, because things don't have knees. In other words, everything will bow to the name of Jesus and the authority of the Word of God, and you need to understand that this is what God was talking about in Genesis, the first chapter, when he said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl there, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing. In other words, take dominion over circumstances and situations which you have in life. God wants you to have dominion over it. How? Through words, the same way that God took authority over things. He looked out and saw darkness in Genesis 1-2, and he said, Light be, and light was. And he said, Let us make man in our image, and let them have dominion. How were we going to have dominion? The same way he had dominion, by speaking the word of God, the word of faith. You need this series. That's offer number 7033. It's four CDs for $29 plus $5 postage and handling, total of $34. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and yes, Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400. Or write Charles Capps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescapps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Capps Ministries and our listeners in this area.